It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. I'm Frank Morano. Well, the one thing that seems to unite people across the political spectrum, left, right, center, non-political, is there's a lot to be concerned about. Uh, Some people are concerned about climate change and the weird weather that it might produce. Some people are concerned about what might happen if there's a nuclear war with Russia. Some people are concerned about the the threat of an EMP attack. Some people are concerned about a naturally occurring electromagnetic pulse, which might knock out the electric grid. And some people are concerned that the supply chain problems we may see in the future may make what we've seen recently look like tiddlywinks. A guy that has studied this, looked at it, and is preparing for the worst is J.C. Cole. He's a real estate developer, an engineer, a farmer, and the former president of the American Chamber of Commerce in Latvia. J.C., it's great to talk with you. Thanks for joining me on the radio. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, I look forward to it. How did uh, you end up working in Latvia, and what was life uh, like living and working out there? Well, that was fascinating. I was a real estate developer here in New Jersey, and quite honestly, I I got bored um, with my project, and I said, uh, I finished it up, and I said, okay, I can go anywhere in the world I want where I want to go. And it ended up uh, in Latvia, of which I said, what's what's Latvia? <laughs> um, <laughs> so so uh, this was uh, 1992. The Soviet Union had uh, collapsed in November of 91, and I had uh, contacts and, and wanted to go to the former Soviet Union, of which I knew very, very little about, and uh, ended up in this tiny little um, country, uh, of, of Latvia, about the size of West Virginia, um, but only with two, two and a half million people. Um, so, so I was looking for, for adventure, and, and I found it, and I found it in spades, you might say. Um, you know, be careful what you ask for, because you might get it. So how long were were how long were you there for, and what was, if, you, if you're not going to chronicle all the adventures, give us one that you experienced. Um, well, I was there for 18 years. So I moved there in August of uh, uh, 1992, and then I stayed there till about uh, uh, 2010. Um, well, in, in different adventures, um, you know, my parents were very conservative and worried since uh, Nixon took us off the um, uh, the gold standard. And I actually went through uh, five different banking crashes. Wow. Um, and 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 physic, physically experienced them, and uh, believe me, uh, you really do change your underwear when that happens. 
I, I can I can imagine. I can imagine. All right, um, let's talk about what's going on in this country. There's been a great deal of concern about supply chain issues. Supply chain issues have been blamed for everything from inflation to the uh, shortage of coins when you need change to uh, people having to wait extra time when they order Christmas gifts. Do you see these uh, supply chain issues getting better, worse, or staying about the same? Uh, I see them uh, getting worse. Um, when I, I had actually experienced the collapse of the Soviet supply chain. So, you know, the, uh, not many people really understand what the Soviet Union was, but it's like it was like four times the size, physical size of the United States with about the, um, the same amount of people as we had, uh, 300 million. And so their supply chain collapsed. And it didn't matter if you had money um, because I was in dollars. Um, um, but if there's no gasoline, you can't get the gasoline. You can't buy it. It's just not there. Um, so if you actually compared the Soviet Union um, before it collapsed to the United States in its present uh, situation, there are many similarities. And and that's when I came back and I said, oh, my goodness. I looked at it and I said, uh, our supply chain is pos- positioned to collapse. And, of course, you know, this was uh, I came back about 10 years ago and um, and uh, I, you know, I uh, got laughed at by my close friends. Ah, no, this is America. This can never happen until COVID. And COVID was a wake up sign for us. Why were you convinced pre-COVID that the supply chain collapse was inevitable? It, it, it came down to engineering, math and and and, and physics. Um, you just looked at the um, you, you uh, uh, reverse engineer it and say, OK, a better question is what can cause the collapse of the supply chain? Uh, and then you look at those items and you've mentioned a, a couple of them. One is an EMP um, and uh, that will that will drop the supply chain. And because our supply chain is so large and so so let's say um, specific, um, and it's also you know it's just in time. It, it it works like a Swiss clock in many ways. But if it collapses, right, um, the majority of the United States do not have food mm. delivered, right? And and uh, specifically of of concern is New York. Um, that um you know they they say that we only have like 3 days of food in in a food store but but if you just look at it if if uh the um if the trucks stop running right then new york will run out of food in a week uh and so you, so you can get through for another week but at the same time, if the the supply chain stuff for the country, you're not going to get help from mm-hmm. other areas. Um, like when 9-11 happened, you got help from all over the nation. Well, what if the whole nation is in that problem? You're not going to get help. Right? And if you look, let's see, if I'm if my numbers are correct, uh, New York takes in about 400 million tons of cargo a year, 90 percent by truck. What happens when that stops? Well, what might cause a uh, a stoppage of cargo that's brought in by truck, especially items that we can't live without, namely food? Uh, food and medicine. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Correct. Um, well, well, the the um, um, uh, what I ended up doing was I did a SWOT analysis, which was strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats on the United States. Uh, you know, it's a business um, uh, look at it, and almost nobody's done that. I haven't found anybody who did it on the United. No, neither States. had I. Neither had I. Yeah, and you know, and all of a sudden you you realize you go, wait a minute, there there is this thing called a. a you know, let's say a, a CME, a, a coronal mass ejection uh, from the sun. We know this. It's proven. Our experts are saying it. And that we know it's overdue. And that, um, but we don't know when it will happen. It could happen in a day, which it won't, I'm pretty sure. But it could happen in a year or it could happen in 10 years or maybe even 30 years. But if it does happen with the positioning that our electric grid is in, it totally destroys our electric grid, and then everything stops. Now, and go ahead. Yes. No. And and we'll, we'll, you know um, you know I grew up in the New Jersey area, and so when I grew up, uh, the uh, you know the dairy was five miles away. You know you had the local butcher, you had local food. Well, now because of economics of scale and a very a sophisticated delivery system, we no longer grow enough food locally to feed us. So if the system breaks, you know, uh, Frank, we gotta we gotta drive to like Iowa to get our cereal. We gotta drive to California to get our our lunch, uh, you know, uh, salads, and we gotta drive to like Nebraska to get our our beef for dinner. Um, it's no longer local. Mm. Now, um. Talk to me about the threats to the electric grid. Now, you just described a theoretical electric grid disruption that might be um, naturally occurring. But there's also a very real concern about the possibility of a targeted EMP attack, isn't there? Correct. Correct. Um, So there are a couple of ways to have an EMP, and that's you had mentioned an electronic magnetic pulse. It's just basically a big wave of of magnetism, which when it hits our grid, turns into electricity and overloads our transformers. And we no longer make the big transformers um, in the country anymore. Um, In our infinite wisdom, we allowed them to be sourced, you know, uh, outside of the country. So, so um, you can get, you can get um, um, uh, an EMP from the sun, uh, uh, you can also get one now. Our technologies are so advanced that if you um, if somebody fires off a high level uh, atmosphere nuclear bomb, it creates an EMP, and uh, therefore again um, overloads the electric grid and shuts it down. And so that's one of them is a is a nuclear exchange. And now that doesn't mean we are physically damaged by the nuclear blast we are electronically damaged by it uh so that, that that's a, a a clear and present threat um another way is what's known as tesla technology which we know that the different big uh, uh countries uh like um the united states russia and china have um invented or reinvented that they are able to do a local EMP uh, using just technology, uh, machinery. So, so somebody can fly in there and just shut off New York if they wanted to. 
Um, and, and this has been demonstrated on some of our ships. If you look at, the, I think it's the USS Donald uh, Cook was turned off in the middle of the Black Sea. Um, and, uh, of course, most of the Americans don't know this information. So we have the uh, technology to do it. And, of course, there's another way uh, to um, um, uh, damage the grid. Is that just physical? And this this happened where uh, there are nine key transformers that run the grid uh, in America. And that um, if you simply shoot holes in the um, the uh, cooling uh, tanks, which is it's a, an oil, uh, it drains out. They overheat. It's like shooting you know holes in your radio or your car. It overheats and mm-hmm. and and burns out the engine. Well, we know this happened. Um, uh, there was uh, an attack in California in uh, t- uh, 2013. We don't know who did it, but they shut down. Uh, they shut down a uh, transformer station. Wow. Um, do you have a, a theory as to whether that was a random actor or uh, something a little bit more elaborate, maybe uh, a government-sponsored entity of some sort? Well, um, from the information that we're allowed to the public, um, the FBI has not figured it out who actually did it, but it wasn't a random act. Hmm. It was somebody very skilled. They knew exactly what they were doing. Uh, and uh, it part of it's documented. Um, they they uh, they came up to it's in Medcalf, uh, California, uh, and they came up. They uh, um, cut the fiber optic lines for telecommunications so that uh, the um, technician couldn't notify um, the police. And then they proceeded to pump holes into uh, uh, like 17 of the cooling tower. Um, 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 holding tanks and then they just disappeared and they they could have taken down the whole transformer station but they stopped and they went away so it's almost like somebody gave us a warning um and if they did uh silicon valley would have been out of power for like six months uh, I first learned about you in the New York Post, and the headline of that uh, piece that you mentioned in was Billionaire Bunkers, How the World's Wealthiest Are Paying to Escape Reality. And the, um, the, the first sentence in the article was, when civilization collapses, J.C. Cole will be ready. And it talks about your efforts founding something called Safe Haven Farms, which is a maximum security compound that will enable some people to ride out the next pandemic or the next climate change disaster, whatever whatever it is. Explain to folks exactly what you're doing with Safe Haven Farms. I will, but I, I just want to make a little bit of a joke. I was very happy, you know, or stunned to see I was lead-off batter for New York on the apocalypse. <laughs> I I I kind of choked on that one. I, I can thought imagine. I could, yeah. yes. But um, but what 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 happens is for, for, you got to start someplace, okay? So I was a first responder um, back many years ago before I went to Latvia. I was a uh, senior level ski patrol, and um, the whole thing about first responders is to make sure you're safe and in a strong position so that you can help. And so I came back. I said, listen, my opinion is that this. Uh, has a very high probability of happening that are um, that so 
something happens. There, I came up with like 13 different events that could um, shut down the supply chain. So I, I positioned it and I said, how do I uh, create a position of strength where I can help when that happens? And uh, we actually have a family farm. And I started to say, okay, how can I prepare this so it's strong and basically sustainable and on its own power system uh, in an emergency? And then I realized how expensive it can get and uh, decided that, um, you know, I'll make it a business case, um, a, a business plan. And And then you said, well, if the system breaks, it's almost like if we're on a big ship and um, you look around, you go, wait a minute, there aren't any lifeboats. Well, let's build a lifeboat. So that's the first thing. And then the second is, well, who goes in the lifeboat um, with me um, during this period of chaos? And I said, well, well, m most critical would be like a farmer. And then after that, um, uh, a mechanic and a machinist um, uh, because that keeps the farmer running. And then, uh, of course, you need security <clears throat> because, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of people who, who will not have uh, supplies and want to take them. Um, and you go, well, what about a doctor? And I said, well, I'm not very interested in the guys who just give out prescriptions. How about a, a trauma doctor, like an ER doctor and a dentist? And so I, I sat there and I said, I want these skill sets in this. Um, um, let's say safe haven so that as soon as we get through the period of chaos, we can start rebuilding. Hmm. And uh, that got expensive. And so I said, um, okay, well, the only other way to, to do this is find wealthy people who can come into the lifeboat also and pay for it all. Um, and so that was what the safe haven is. How many people are uh, participating so far? Well, well, very, very few. Um, what what happens is uh, well, I, ballpark I, is that four or is that forty? Well, on the on the skill set, I've got um, I've got about five mm -hmm. um, that say yes, this makes sense. You know, we're we're there. Um, but as far as investing, that's really tough because you have to. It's not a it's not a small investment. You have to deal with multimillionaires, um, and they have a very low profile. Um, it's hard to get in front of them and say, hey, listen, I have a solution. Right. You're in New York. Um, you know, if the system turns off uh, and you, you deal with experts, and so the experts say that if the system collapses, in general, you're only going to get three hours away. You know, these guys that are, are the billionaires that think they're going to get on a plane and, and make it to, like, New Zealand, um, they haven't looked at war very closely. You know, the, the odds of them getting sure. on a plane are, are almost zero. And um, the even website, if, by the way, if, it. if people are interested in learning more about it, that's safehavenfarmsanctuary.org, right? No, no. It's actually um, um, uh, 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 American Heritage Farms. American Heritage Farms. Got it. Thank you. Right. And, and right there, even in the title, this is our heritage. And so what I did was I created a business plan to bring what made us great as a country, our heritage, you know, and, and, you know, you think of that when the pilgrims landed, the first thing they started to do was start planting food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, so, and, and what has happened is we've offshored so much 
that we're in danger, and we see it happening, sure. that, um, you know, if our machinery breaks, you know, we, we, um, we these days we just pick up the phone and we, you know, and call and it's here, the parts here in one day. Well, that stops if the system, if the right. supply chain breaks. Uh, JC, I'm almost out of time, and we've been talking to uh, JC Cole. If you want to learn more about this, go to ahfarms.org. That's ahfarms.org. Uh, two final questions I have to ask you. One, uh, let's say people are listening to this, but they can't afford to be part of this farm. What advice would you have for someone who doesn't have a lot of money? They're not a millionaire. They're not a billionaire. But they want to try to find out a way to ride out the forthcoming disaster. What advice would you give them? Well, the first thing I would say, uh, go and, and buy two books. One book is uh, Dare to Prepare by Holly Dayo. And so you have to do a search on that. Uh, and the second one is When Technology Fails by Matt Stein. That will give you a good game plan, right? The, the, the second, especially for New Yorkers, you know, there are a bunch of people that are very concerned about this. There is a guy who has a YouTube channel called The Angry Prepper, and he's a New York um, fireman who – is I think I think he's in Queens, right? And so so he has he has a following there. So you've got somebody right there in the city who who can advise you. And then um, lastly, lastly, JC, there are going to be people listening to this. Obviously, you know how cynical talk radio listeners can be, especially in places like New York. There's going to be some people listening to this that say, well, you know, JC is trying to present a worst case scenario, get everybody concerned, get everybody amped up so that he can then benefit business wise for all these people that want to be uh, on the uh, on, you know, part of this this AH farm. What do you say to those folks? Um, I ignore them. <laughs> there you go. Hey, I, I wish uh, I wish I w- had the strength to do that with some of my critics. Hey, um, JC, this has been fascinating. Uh, let's talk again soon because I'm really interested in what you're doing. Anytime. Anytime. Thank Just you. Give me a heads up. JC, call. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, give me a call. 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. 